3: Yes, we are loaded up on the show today. Ben Joyce will join us, the flamethrower for Tennessee's pitching staff. And I know that you're curious how they're responding to the loss in the postseason. But we're also going to talk about the work he's doing for Children's Hospital, which is awesome. So we'll be joined by Ben Joyce. Also, a full recruiting update. We're going to talk some recruiting with Amanda and and I'm Dave Hooker. Please set your notifications on Twitter, Facebook, Spotify, Apple, wherever that you get your podcast and subscribe to YouTube because you'll get sneak peeks. We got a lot of stuff up there before we even release it out on the site so you can check it out and get that notification with a YouTube subscription and it's all free. Amanda, how are you this morning?
1: I'm doing well. How are you?
3: I'm well. Ethan, how are you, sir? I'm also doing well. Nothing interesting to report. Awesome. Awesome. Well, sometimes nothing interesting is a, good, a good thing. That's yeah. yeah, yeah. a good thing. Yeah. Yeah, definitely a good thing. Cuz interesting interesting can go one of two directions and one's bad.
2: I did get a car finally. There you go. Finally, that's that's, good is. Is. that's pretty interesting. I can't believe I missed that. But yeah, finally. Yeah. It's been what a while
3: kind? I'm It's a Hyundai Sonata 2013. Yeah. Well, and Look at you, uh fancy. I t- I I will tell you what, too, um, along those lines, uh, Amanda went a little uh, viral yesterday with her SEC column, maybe not completely viral, viral. but did get some people that are like, hey, what are you, crazy? The gist of the column was what, Amanda? You put it in your own words while I pick something up off the floor.
1: If you are an SEC fan, if your team is in the SEC, stop rooting for SEC teams stop it does nothing doesn't help you it hurts you stop rooting for people to take your recruits and beat you with them is the dumbest thing i've ever heard
3: yeah i don't know talk about getting a car uh you got to go to vials automotive car shopping made easy vials automotive automotive their mission is to be the automotive home of drivers in the knoxville area they provide a vast selection of used vehicles, exceptional car care, and customer service with a smile. Local dealership keeps a great stock of used cars, trucks, and SUVs in inventory. How about that? It's pretty awesome. And if you want to talk about auto financing, we can do that for you. That at Automotive also great car service and repair. So let's get to some news uh, from the day. And uh, first of all, last night was the premiere. Uh, The SEC storied uh, catch 98. Uh, We're going to visit with Debbie Jennings. We hope uh, for that tomorrow to talk about uh, just that uh, 30 for 30 top thing. They call it SEC storied now, but they're all owned by the same company. So basically ESPN and the SEC, they just relabel things. Yeah, it's a secret. Um, So that was out. Obviously a, a monstrous year for Tennessee, Winning the national championship ninety seven ninety eight with uh, the Meeks, I mean that was a fantastic team that lived up to the billing, undefeated, just phenomenal, just way better. They, they were, I, I believe, the last truly dominant team with expectations uh, before this Tennessee baseball team. But uh, anyway, so, and then that year was really a bit of a culture shift as you go back to 98, because there had been this division between the lady balls and uh, guys that were just football and men's basketball fans. And this division was out there because Pat summit had had so much success. And I can tell you firsthand being around the program, when the football team finally won a national championship in 98, that kind of all went away. And, you know, really it was, so a lot of fans acting like jerks. Quite frankly, I mean that's that's what it comes down to. I mean, why not cheer for the Lady Balls and have success there and get that publicity, whether or not your football team's winning the national championship. But ultimately, Amanda, that that ninety-eight year, that calendar year, however you want to look at it, the two academic years kind of overlapped with basketball, and then you go into. 99 winning the national championship team off the 98 season. That, um, that was really a a culture shift moment at the university of of Tennessee. I mean, that was a, that was a huge, huge year needless to say.
1: Yeah. um, I, I was alive during that time. And I remember my mom, my mom was so excited about sports. She's a big uh, Tennessee fan. And in a house of, you know, Alabama fans. So that was, you know, that was her time, her time to shine back then. Um, But I think as far as like butthole fans, everybody has them everybody. And the more you win, the more you get them. And most of the time it's the bandwagoners that are the buttholes that really are not true fans that could not tell you a single thing about your university or the football team. Past whatever year you're in so I wouldn't feel too bad if I were like a UT fan back then
3: yeah can you imagine Ethan what it would cost to have essentially a three-hour commercial on ESPN because even if you don't like the Lady Vols you should like the fact that and I don't hear that as much anymore but you, you should like the fact that they are and even back then getting all kinds of publicity. Uh, I think I've mentioned this to you before Terry Fair said he was in Phoenix, Arizona. He went on to have an all-pro career in the NFL. He didn't know who Tennessee was until he saw the Lady Vols. I mean, what would that cost to have a 3-hour commercial for your program, you know, whether it's Final Four or whatever. I know it doesn't technically generate revenue. They get a donation and they break even on the books, but you have to do that with Title IX, so why not make the best of it and have that big, huge commercial out there?
2: Yeah, I'm legitimately really excited to watch it, and it's really, a, I guess, a testament to people trying to grow women's athletics right now. I mean, you you see it all over the place with the WNBA. You see it, obviously, with the Women's College um, Softball World Se- World Series that just went on, Oklahoma absolutely just demolishing people. And and not a lot of fans know that. Not a lot of fans know that that's, like, just really fun to watch. And they are very talented, and there's a raucous crowd there. And so I guess not just a commercial for Tennessee athletics, but putting that basketball team, which was, as you said, dominant on that pedestal, is just cool for women's athletics in general.
3: Yeah, and I think it could add to um, a reemergence of Tennessee is one of the top basketball schools. Yeah, I I like where they are. I like the direction they're going. I never felt as confident uh, when Holly Warlick was the coach, quite frankly. The difference is now it's getting closer to men's basketball, Ethan, which I know uh, you follow closely. Instead of in 98, there were two or three teams that legitimately went into the tournament that could win a national championship. And you basically could pick. I mean, it was that one-sided. I mean, this is before you were alive. But you, you could basically, a lot of those pick, hey, it's going to be UConn this year, it's going to be the Lady Vols this year, going in. Now, there were right. upsets, don't get me wrong, but they were few and far between. So there were two or three teams that could win and in the women's side. Now there's probably eight to ten on a given year, whereas the men's I would say has consistently been a it 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 varies year to year, but a sixteen to twenty teams going into the yeah. field of sixty four that could win. It. So it's it's getting it's getting more competitive. So you're not going to see the dominance the lady balls had under Pat Summit, partly because she's not there, but also it's just a totally different game.
2: Yeah, it it is. And it's it's kind of what puts college basketball over the NBA for a lot of people is that parity, because going in this year, you couldn't be more spot on 16. I would even venture higher teams that could have possibly won it. You know, Kansas, I I forget if they were a one or a two seed. They were up there. I think they were the last one seed, but that's not important. No one really yeah. thought Kansas was going to win it. Not really. Uh, there was a lot of people no. saying, I'm not sure Ochai Abadji has what it takes to lead that team. And Christian Brown and all those guys, and they just kind of swept through the field. It wasn't particularly close. And everyone's saying Gonzaga with Chet Ongren and and all those guys that firepower on that team, they're just going to blitz through. And they, they didn't. St. Peter's made it to the Elite Eight. The, the parity in that game. And I feel like, slowly the parody in women's college basketball as well is getting there. Not on the level of, of of the men's side, but it's nice to see in college sports, at least, you know, at least from a basketball perspective. Now football, I, I could go on a diatribe about that, about how it's not even that fun of a product to watch because it's four teams every single
3: season, but we won't get into that right now. <laughs> Well, I mean, there there's some truth to that. Expanding the playoffs might add more blowout games, but that's that's a different topic, uh, certainly for another day. But
1: yeah, yeah, they're just
3: yeah. I mean, they're they're,
1: it's not even close.
3: Yeah, so there, Amanda, there's not going to be for those Lady Ball fans that want. Kelly Harper to be able to make some sort of crazy run and win a half-dozen championships. She's not Pat Summit, and ultimately this backdrop of women's college basketball is more competitive, so that's not going to happen. At the end of the day, if she wins two championships, two national championships, she's a Hall of Fame coach, no question about it. It's, just, it's different. This isn't Pat Summit. This isn't the 90s.
1: This isn't the same era either. Pat Summitt was a once in a lifetime coach. This right now is, it's completely different because recruiting has changed. You know, women's basketball is on the map thanks to Pat Summitt. You will have other people, talented people going different places because people are looking for that talent more and more and more. I mean, I don't know how many people in the 90s were really looking at women's you know, college basketball or what school were placing any kind of importance on it. Now it's, it's completely changed. So, and that's thanks to Pat Summit.
3: Well, I mean, this is how much it's changed. I mean, it's, it's totally 100% legit in most people's mind. I, I can remember it was Just Shoot Me or Just Catch Me, whatever show that was about a PR agency in New York City. And, uh, you know, David Spade, the comedian, you know, the like real him. snarky one, uh, came up. I, I mean, this was a joke that ran in the 90s, and I don't think it would run now. Somebody came up to me and said, I've got uh, tickets to the WNBA game tonight. Do you want to go? He goes, I don't know. It depends. What are they wearing? So <laughs> that's not that's even. not how it's viewed any longer. No. It was still a great line. But that's yes. that's not how it's. That's not how it's viewed any longer. I mean, I, and um, yeah, I think that, um, uh, shoot, the, the the fact that Russia is willing to hold a WNBA player, uh, they know that it creates at least some publicity. I don't. And that kind of legitimizes the the standing of the sport, I guess. But I don't know. Maybe they're just terrible dictator people, which they are. Yeah. So there's that. Be true. <laughs> yeah, as I look outside the window and uh, uh missile yeah, comes I, I towards my head. Uh, June has become a busy month in the world of college football recruiting and a ton of young, talented uh, prospects have been on Tennessee's radar, including quarterback prospect Antoine Hill, six foot five, two 205 pounds. He got a scholarship offer. Of course, all of this would uh, be... Um, uh, very interesting if he, he he came in and you know i've I've seen it before where uh the younger guy uh, comes in and usurps the older guy but that's not going to happen he's a class of a 2025 guy out of warren warner robbins georgia so they're already thinking about the future after nico ethan and um i this this team continues to move forward and and it's kind of like you have to scramble in the beginning just to get a team together of transfers and JUCOs and whatever they might be. And that was like a hundred percent of the goal year one. And now it's more like 50% of the goal. And you're also thinking about next year and the year after in the year after in recruiting, but you see Tennessee starting to do some of that, which I think is a very positive sign for the progression of this program.
2: It is a very good thing. I, I feel like, Some people think 2025, though that's three years from now, this kid has just finished his freshman year of high school. Why why bother looking at him? Well, if he's going to be the next, you know, fill in the blank, any quarterback you want, Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes, you should probably look at him. Now, the likelihood is he's not going to be that. But, you know, there's Ohio State, for example, they're looking at a 2025 guy right now, Colin Hurley. And he's been impressing people, but he's not ranked on 24-7 right now. Neither, I believe, is Hill, just because people don't know that. But to be able to get your scouting people in and look at him and say, hey, could this guy progress to be what Tennessee wants? That's a big thing. And I, I know Hill said that he plays in a similar offense to Tennessee's, so there's some overlap there. So, you know, it would be easy to move him in to the offense get him acquainted and he's just a good guy to be targeting right now so it's it's a good look on the program for sure I, I think you nailed it on the head
3: tennessee has been one of the top contenders for jeremiah cobb since the vols gave him his first sec scholarship offer about eight months ago this is according to 24 7 the four-star class of 2023 running back from montgomery alabama said he's mainly considering three schools auburn clemson and tennessee so I use the nowhere, somewhere, anywhere. That's how I rate players instead of four stars. So the nowhere is a guy that's going to Division two. Uh, the somewhere would be this guy. He's got Auburn, Clemson, and Tennessee. The anywhere is when Alabama and Georgia basically say, "Come on, yeah. come on." So that's oh, Amanda. That's my official recruiting designation instead of stars. Do you like that?
1: That's- I think that's a very accurate, probably more accurate than the star rating. Um, I don't like any of those choices for that guy.
3: Yeah, he's he's a somewhere guy. He's a somewhere. He's definitely there's. Hey, hey, listen. If my son's a somewhere guy, scholarship wise, I'm all down with it. He
1: likes the color orange too. Apparently.
3: Yeah, so there's yeah. nothing. Right. Where did you see that? Has he been pictured in orange, well, Auburn no, and Clemson? Auburn, Clemson, oh, UT. Yeah. Auburn and Clemson. <laughs> That's right. We had to make some tweaks on the website to make sure it didn't look like an Auburn website. At one point, like mm-hmm. we gotta because of we the do have bluish, the blue, strength. don't we? Yeah, we. I could, I quit.
2: Yeah,
3: uh, she's out. No, no, it doesn't look no. like that. Um, and you also had a strong take on. uh Deshaun Watson. Oh, by the way, with uh, let me get back to Jeremiah Cobb. He's scheduled for his uh, visit this weekend, um, his third official visit, and that will be to Tennessee. Okay, so the Deshaun Watson thing—you've had some strong takes on. Uh, he has now settled with twenty of twenty-four of the women that accused him of sexual assault. Um, they have said that it's going to be a substantial subs- suspension is not easy to say. I think Jimmy Haslam, with all his ties to Tennessee and all the bad stuff that just seems to follow him around, I'm sure he's a man of high moral character. No, he's not. But um, I, I just, um, I think Jimmy Haslam's fine with him being suspended for the entire season this upcoming year. I think that's why he only makes a million dollars. All of it's guaranteed. Two hundred forty million. I don't think the Browns are depending on Deshaun Watson to play this year because of the way Jimmy Haslam wrote up the contract.
1: Yeah, I don't think they ever were. I just, with the Deshaun Watson thing, settling with 20 out of the 24 women, I think people look at that and say, well, you know, obviously he's guilty. No, there's a lot of people that settle with people just to make it go away if they can, just to make it go away no matter which – Side it is um, that I did, is I, out of court.
3: I did that yesterday, as a matter <laughs> of fact, not legally, but I, w- I will give you an example to to s- support your point. Okay,
1: go ahead. So nice, I, I had
3: I had somebody. We were, you know, there's all these little things that pop up on credit and stuff, and I just uh, hired this company a few months ago uh, to to just clean some of those things up. And it's, I mean, it's a car payment a month. I mean, it's not cheap. And so they did it, and I was like, it's time to cancel. So I canceled in March, but I got billed for it yesterday. I just got to the point where I said, fine, don't refund me my money. Just make sure I'm canceled from this point forward. Just please, I'm done. And yeah, I mean, I canceled in March, but at the end of the day, I didn't want to. Now, this is way different, but yes, at some point you say the juice isn't worth the squeeze. (laughs)
1: Exactly. You're paying more in lawyer's fees just to fight something when you could just sweep it under the rug, make it go away. I'm not saying what he did was not morally wrong, but I'm also saying we can't, we can't just go out and, and, you know, ostracize him for something that's not proven yet. And if 20 women are willing to settle out of court I, I judge, or I don't judge, but I question the integrity of what they were saying, to be honest. That's, um,
3: well, it's 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 a lot of women. Um, it's now twenty in, instead of twenty four, which or it's four instead of twenty four, which is I guess yeah. good for him. Um,
1: but if you're willing to take the money at that point, you're not really making a moral like you're not really going okay morally this is wrong for instance the james winston the one at florida state she wouldn't take any money she wouldn't do anything she wanted him prosecuted she she absolutely stuck to her guns and wanted him prosecuted well, to me when you're a woman and you take the the money or you settle that i don't like that as a woman as as a female i don't like that
3: interesting that's uh, it's an interesting take, um, and it carries more weight. You being female, um, d- and I do think there are some women that could see this happening and be like, oh, I gave Deshaun Watson a massage. I want to be in on this lawsuit. I want some money. In the end, I think he did it. I think he's pervy. I think he's got problems. I, th- I think that I hope he has those addressed, but uh, we shall see. And then uh, quickly, Brooks Kepka. Uh, has withdrawn from this week's Travelers Championship. I want to get into that. This whole Liv tournament is just uh, awful. It may be the end of the PGA. And uh, Gronk retires for the second t- time. So uh, we've got a lot to get to. But this guy is who I look forward to getting to. It is uh, Ben Joyce. He is a former pitcher. That doesn't sound right at the
0: University <laughs> of Tennessee. But uh, Ben, how are you, sir? I'm doing great. I'm actually over here in Tennessee right now trying to get some, some throwing and workouts in, just trying to stay around the facility as much as I can, so I'm doing good. I hear you.
3: I hear you. What, uh, let's just go ahead and get this out of the way. I mean, I'm sure you were incredibly disappointing. Can you just kind of describe what the past week's been like since things didn't didn't go your way against, So the team's way against Notre Dame?
0: Yeah, I mean, th- that was a tough one for sure. We, we really thought we were going to be in Omaha this week and, and playing for a national championship, but um, I mean, just just happened to to know that, that was the last time we we'll get to go out there and play at Lindsay Nelson Stadium and and play with all those guys on that same team. We'll probably never be in the same all all of us together in the same space ever again. So it was kind of it was a pretty tough week for all of us to kind of let that that sink in. And, and we got together a few times and and had another team meal with with Coach V and all the coaches. And it, it was tough. And it's, it's going to be weird to, to know that, that that'll never happen again. It was a really special season
3: was special. You should be very proud of it. And I think um, the further you get removed from it, the, the more and more it'll it'll sink in that way. So um, I just think what you guys did was amazing. But let's let's get on to something else that's amazing. I don't, I don't know that I've ever shared this in 20 years of being on the air, but I was in a pretty severe accident when I was a, a kid. And um, the doctor told me, told my parents that I would lose my foot, my leg or my life. And um, they said, well, and then they, so they go in to check on me. They come back. say, we're going to take his foot off to make sure that there's no infection. And, and so my parents said, can you try one last time? They did. So they pricked it one last time. It responded. I still have my right foot. I have my right leg uh, and I'm alive. So Children's Hospital means a lot to me. And the fact that you're giving back and I saw that tweet and I immediately wanted to get you on. I thought was really cool. If you can just talk about your motivation to be a part of, of that cause, because man, you're, you're doing a lot, a lot of good. I can tell you that.
0: Yeah. I mean, I've, I've always wanted to kind of, I guess now that I have a little bit of a platform, I've I've wanted to use it to do some good. And uh, we, we, me, Kirby, Chase Dollander Evan Russell, and a couple other guys went to the hospital. I think the day before we played Notre Dame, uh, just to kind of go around and, and say, Hey to the kids. And, And I was like, I just want to do more and and do whatever I can. So I I reached out to them uh, over email and and we set something up just so that I could try to raise some money and give back as much as I can. And and I think I'm going to continue to do more stuff in the future with them. They're an awesome organization. And and just seeing those kids and and how it brightened their day, just having us around. um, It was awesome. And it it really puts things into perspective. Um, So it's something that I want to continue to do and continue to give back as much as I can. So you took the initiative to reach out to them? I did, yeah. I I just I just wanted to we, – we, we went in there, and it was awesome, but I just wanted to try to do more and, and continue to do more in the future, so I reached out to them, tried to set something up. Was there a particular moment during that visit right before
3: uh, the – was it the Supers or the Regionals? It was right it was before super, the Supers. It was right before the Supers, yes, sir. Okay. Was there a particular moment at the hospital that stood out Or you you said man this is just this is just heartbreaking because when you get around people that are suffering like that you realize at times how good you got it
0: yeah I mean I think for me it was we came in and talked to a kid and you could tell he he was he was hurting but he he got pretty happy when we got in there and then his dad walked out with us and and said how much that brightened his day and, and how hard things had been for him and and just just how how much of a difference we made for him so that was kind of something that that hit pretty deep and and just realize how good we have it, and if if I have a platform that I can use, why not why not use it in that way rather than than any other way? So it was cool to be able to do that. It's
3: awesome, uh, Ethan. Go ahead and uh, jump in there. I know you you had some questions as the the Joyce pitching tradition uh, will roll on. So that's that's becoming a thing. <laughs> I'm yeah.
2: yeah i'm gonna get with that in just a second i, I just had another question on, on the hospital is there a particular reason you chose that medium I, I guess to to help out with or you know is there something from from your past that you find that is is where you wanted to help out or
0: uh yeah actually when i was i was in kindergarten i had uh one of my best friends had cancer and i just kind of saw him go through that journey like kind of throughout his life and and I just wanted to – that that's kind of why I chose that certain uh, department. But I, I want to maybe try to branch out and, and do other ones. That was just kind of what I chose at first.
2: Yeah. Uh, on, on a happier note, obviously, mm-hmm. with Zach returning, uh, you know, rejoining the team. Just, I guess, how, how do you feel for him? And, and are you excited for it to, to watch the next season?
0: Yeah, I'm so excited for him. I think I think that break was, was amazing for him. And I've been throwing with him almost every day now. And you can just – see how excited he is to get out there and, and pitch. And, I mean, it's it's awesome to see, and I'm super excited to see where, where he ends up next year.
2: Yeah, this may not be something that you would want to talk about, so that's okay if you don't. But, obviously, anxiety is, is a pretty huge problem that people see these athletes and they say, you know, they're superhumans. They don't go through the same problems, anxiety, depression that we do. Just, I guess, knowing him and knowing how he's come up, just how, how do you think he's been able to handle that? And, and how important do you think it is to raise awareness
0: of that um, for athletes? Yeah, I, I mean, I think he handled it really well. Uh, he had some awesome people around him. J.P. Aaron Sebia reached out. He went through the same thing, and, and he's pretty vocal about it. So it was awesome to kind of see him get get that insight from him a major leaguer has gone through the same thing and, and it really kind of changed his perspective on it and helped him get through it and, and the fact that he's he's been open about it and, and willing to help other people that are going through the same thing is really awesome and I'm I'm glad he's trying to spread awareness to that because a lot of people I guess like you said don't realize that, that athletes have a lot of anxiety I mean we're playing on a pretty big stage and they're just continuing to get bigger so it's, it's pretty anxiety filled game and, and now that he's raising awareness I think that's pretty cool
2: yeah and obviously with the final four left there's texas a&m old miss i believe arkansas three of the four mm-hmm. schools remaining are sec schools and obviously oklahoma is coming soon just what, what do you think that means for sec in general and, and did you expect it to be this way
0: yeah i think it's huge for the sec because i think a lot of people thought this was a down year in sec baseball i mean i, I guess the standings weren't as close as it, it really felt in And now that that everyone's still out there, there's three teams out there in Omaha and then Oklahoma coming soon. I think it just shows how strong the SEC is every year. I mean, even in a year that you think it's a down year where three out of the four teams still in there are SEC teams. And I think SEC baseball is continuing to grow so much. And I think it's going to be super exciting to see how it is next year and in the coming years.
3: So, um, Ben, we're going to let you out of here. Just talk about the preparation. I know you're in San Diego, mm-hmm. um, and just how you you prepare
0: for the major leagues. Kind of your expectations, and then that yeah. sort of thing. Yeah, uh, yeah. I went out there, San Diego, and, and met with with most of the teams, and and did all my medical stuff. Just try to get that out of the way. Um, now I'm just I'm just down here at Tennessee, uh, working out pretty consistently, probably five or six days a week, and. Just trying to stay in the best shape I can, maybe even get a little stronger if I can. Try to get that one oh six this next year. That'd be cool. Uh, but, that's yeah, what I was um, a, um That's yeah, what of... I was about to ask you. Do you do you ever think about one
3: oh six? Because
0: your body's still developing. Yeah, I mean I think now that I'm I'm in the off season and, and out of out of this past season, I think that's something I'm trying to, to work for, for sure.
3: Hey, can I read yeah. you a couple of things off of your scouting report? Yeah sure okay okay cool <laughs> all right this should be good i'm gonna read you the i'm gonna read you the good and the bad but i'm having trouble finding bat. um <laughs> uh, his fastball may be the most electric the industry has ever seen
0: from an amateur that's pretty crazy <laughs> that's pretty crazy. i mean considering where i mean my freshman year of high school i was topping out 65 i never really thought i'd be in this this position here it's pretty crazy I oh, mean, that's
1: crazy.
3: they use the word ever. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, that's player. that's that's there's been a lot of baseball <laughs> players. Um, oh, my gosh. Yeah. Um, I don't see it. You're the fr- I, I've done this with uh, football players I don't see anything negative on yours Literally, <laughs> I do not see anything negative on yours And that has never happened before I think you're in good shape
1: <laughs> <It> Sounds good <laughs> what part of, so. Yeah, if everything,
3: if everything were equal What part of the country would you like to play in Or is there a team you'd like to play for And then we'll let you out of here
0: uh, I mean, honestly, I'd be happy playing with anyone I, I love warm weather So that, that'd that be a plus for sure But I mean, I'm I'm happy to go anywhere Whoever's going to take me, I'm I'm going to try to make an impact. So,
1: did you have a favorite team growing up? Did you follow did. anybody?
0: Yeah, we're, my family's a huge Pittsburgh fan, so it was it was a little <laughs> tough growing up uh, baseball wise. But <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, we're big Pittsburgh fans. So I was I went to a couple Pirates games growing up.
1: Well, if you can Funny. land at the Brewers, there's there are people that would be extremely happy <laughs> extremely
0: happy <laughs> was, yeah, uh,
3: pitching stuff yeah yeah I'm, I'm i'm pulling for the yankees so i might ask for a ticket request at some point but i tell you <laughs> what, man, uh have a blessed day uh you're uh, always going to be a huge part of the tennessee athletics family and what you're doing is is fantastic sorry things didn't end exactly how you wanted uh, in the postseason but you guys did a lot man thanks for the time
0: yeah, thank you so much. Thanks for having me again. Thank
3: appreciate you, I appreciate it. it. For and this time, a tree didn't fall down. Look on, at that, because <laughs> it, it was the last time we had been on. A tree fell on my power line and knocked out Wi-Fi right when we told him goodbye. So that that's good and bad. The timing worked out where we had him all on, yeah. but it wasn't.
1: He's adorable.
3: I love yeah. that guy. He, he is so cute. Cool He's like
1: just adorable. <laughs> yeah couldn't he doesn't he
3: seem like the guy though that could handle the yankees the new york media attention i mean it just seems like he's he's so comfortable within within his own skin you know there are some guys that you're like i don't think they could handle that type of pressure but i just don't think he would have any problem with it at all
1: no i don't think so either i think his heart's in the right place when it comes to this kind of stuff and he I think he's a very humble kid, which people don't – when they think of Tennessee baseball this year, they don't really think of humble, but he is. He just seems like – he's so sweet. I don't know. I just – I think he's just an adorable little kid. I mean, not little kid, but you know what I mean.
0: <laughs> he's uh, <laughs> He's pretty tall.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he's, he's tall, yeah. but, like, he's, he's young. So I yeah. see these players, and I think of them as, as kids, so yeah. –
2: i would agree humility is a dying aspect i feel like of not not just a lot of athletes just people uh, people in general Uh, how many people do you know that are truly humble and like you enjoy talking to them and you know i guess that's on that's that's on showcase there so
3: yeah um and we we officially now have the the cougar watch uh, for Amanda and Ben Joyce, want we'll remind no, you to set your like
1: <laughs>
3: set your notifications on Twitter.
1: <laughs>
2: I know
3: I, Set your notifications Happily. on Twitter, Facebook, Spotify, Apple, or wherever, and subscribe to your uh, to YouTube for sneak peeks. Ethan can't believe I went there. Well, but it's I did something to say for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if somebody
1: calls someone adorable, I don't. Th- I don't think that's a that seems okay. That's
3: like, <laughs> Oh, oh, so that's not in the sense of attractive. That's just adorable.
1: No, he's just a sweet. Like he's a cute kid, but I mean he's let's, a sweetheart.
3: That's what's like. <laughs> Um, back, in, back, in, back. nowhere. You're, you're adorable, yeah. man. <laughs> back in uh, two minutes with a breakdown of uh, Tennessee's uh, complete class as they put together a pretty stellar group for 2023. Stay tuned. Off the sports. To own the
0: more that owns every job, then get the Vassy Lawn Garden in Cleveland. And get you a Toro. I'm David Vassy here to talk to you about Toro. With a Toro Zero turn, you'll get more out
3: of every minute and you'll reach the finish line faster. At Bassie's, we like to say, no matter if you're mowing three acres a week or 11 lawns a day, homeowners and business
0: owners alike find confidence in equipment they can trust from top to bottom. Bassie Lawn and Garden, Highway 60 North in Cleveland. Man alive, it's worth the drive.
2: An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did.
1: And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2.
0: Play it now with Game Pass. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry. Only on BlueNile.com.
3: Never too early for barbecue. I'm about there. I'm 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 just about ready, so uh, I can I can do a barbecue uh, absolutely any time. Almost anytime. Fourth of July too. It is, and if <laughs> nice. if you're making if you're making plans to get out and about and uh, follow some sports, or maybe you're doing the staycation where you're staying at home, a great place to go is Big Orange Phillies. Go to Big Orange Phillies. They have the quick bites. If you're listening during lunch, you can. Go get something cold from the fridge, or you can order hot from the counter. Just really awesome. And they've got fresh ingredients. They're casual, but that doesn't mean stale. And you can stay. Stay a while. Darts, billiards, live entertainment, karaoke. And that's where you need to go. And it's family-friendly, which you just don't find <clears throat> everywhere. And that is very, very important uh, to uh, the crew there at Big Orange Phillies. So, uh, certainly... Check them out. You know what? It's time for now. We're going to get you an update of Tennessee football recruiting. It is talking cruton. We do that right now.
0: Talking cruton. Am I right? Or am I right? Or am I right? Who's on Tennessee's board? The names you need to know exclusively on Off the Hook Sports with Dave Hooker.
3: All right, let's get to it. <clears throat> talking cruton. As um, I want to look back at the twenty twenty three class, and I'm just going to. Uh, or look forward to the 2023 class, however you would say it. So I want to look at the current commitment list and just get your thoughts, uh, Ethan in particular, but feel free to jump in there, Amanda. But I do want to get Ethan's thoughts on uh, how big of an impact uh, these guys will be So and what you can expect kind of out of year one. And I know we're projecting, but that's what recruiting is all about. That's recruiting coverage brought to you today by our friends at Zool Beer Company. And Amanda will tell you more about Zool here momentarily let's start with uh caleb herring uh, he's out of the uh, riverdale high school murfreesboro four-star edge and this has become a term that kind of rubs me the wrong way i don't know i just don't think we i i guess we made up h back like we talked about yesterday joe gibbs did so now we make up edge, and i get it yeah i and he's not really a defensive end so i get it uh,
1: what quarterbacks responsible for this
3: uh what quarterback i don't she know said just...
1: Peyton Manning or was responsible for the halfback or he played no Lawrence
3: Taylor was responsible okay, for the halfback. back yes yeah because <laughs> Lawrence Taylor and Peyton Manning are very similar but
1: you, no but you said something about oh, Peyton Manning pretty... changed the game so i'm right. wondering what oh. quarterback changed the game to become like now there's just an edge. To make an
3: edge. Well, I think it yeah. was the defensive shift, and it came from Nick Saban, actually. They basically went up to the guy in the end and said, I really don't care if you put your hand on the ground or not. So suddenly a defensive end is a linebacker, or if he prefers rushing, then he puts his hand down, and he's an edge. It's it's the one smart thing that Jeremy Pruitt ever told me. But <laughs> it really doesn't matter. Rush rush the passer however you want to. Now you got to be able to anchor down against the run which is easier but Caleb Perry in a big pickup But uh, I don't think there's any question about that um, Ethan no obviously um, he was. he's probably the premier
2: pick except for Nico and you know most teams don't get a Nico so so imagine Nico didn't commit to Tennessee he'd be the top guy in, in the class and obviously Elijah Herring his brother um, I believe looking at Tennessee as well and so it, it's you know He's, he's going to be a great player for Tennessee. I, I think, you know, obviously getting that depth, that edge is is an important thing just because it's such an important position, especially in college. So to be able to stack those guys
3: is is obviously big news. Yep. No question about it. A couple other guys I want to run through and just uh, stop me when you feel like it. Ethan Davis of Sewanee, Georgia, four-star tight end. Sylvester Smith, four-star safety. Uh, out of Montford, Alabama, Trevor Duncan, four-star athlete, a Catholic there in Knoxville. Mm-hmm. Um, feel free to jump in. Do you have something on on him? I mean, not not specifically. It's it's
2: nice to have these local guys. That's the one thing I'd say about Trevor Duncan. Obviously, he's listed as an athlete that could really play either offensive or defensive line. He's probably going to stay at his natural position of offensive tackle. Um, I mean, I would guess right tackle, especially as, you know, a freshman coming in and then they'll just move him along as they see fit. But it's nice to be getting those local guys, another Knoxville Catholic guy to go with the Mays brothers and all the great, um, you know, players that have come from that school, obviously a powerhouse in in the lower um, rankings of of Tennessee's private schools. So it's nice to see them recruiting from that level. And then obviously Sylvester Smith is going to be a solid player for Tennessee, one of two I believe safety commits in the 2023 class along Jack Luttrell. Um, And that's obviously a position of need for Tennessee. So it's nice to see those guys um, high four-star guy like Smith committing to Tennessee
3: over other schools. Uh, Agreed. And it's good to see a guy coming from Catholic because remember you had guys from Catholic go elsewhere. And the reason was they, they knew Tennessee's program and they knew it more than just being local. Also, a lot of the coaches' sons from the previous staff went to Catholic. Uh, a lot of people may not know that, but they did go to Catholic, and um, so let's just say those prospects had an insight to what Tennessee's program was like. And I'm not saying one of the kids said, uh, uh, "I don't know, don't go to Tennessee because my dad's a dodo bird," but it might have happened. Why
1: don't you just <laughs> the, call people out.
3: So something I—I I, I like about- mean, they knew they <laughs> listen. Think about this: if you're going. To school and you you're sitting in spanish class next to the son of a coach down the road and you end up going to clemson um georgia where the guys have gone recently you have a little bit of insight that i think is telling am i,
2: reaching I mean, that's right true or?
1: no you're not reaching but i think that's true I do want to, however, get on the tight end thing. I don't think it's a sexy position, but I also don't think people realize how much it impacts the game and how much a quarterback needs a a good tight end. One that can also block because you don't see a ton of those. Now you don't see a ton of blocking tight ends. You see more of just like big wide receivers is pretty much what they are. But I think it's really important for UT or any school to land a, a good tight end. I don't think people – people don't look at that position as much, but I think that people should be happy about that.
2: I, I was just about to talk about, about Tennessee's tight end commitment, which uh, obviously Ethan Davis, four-star guy out of Georgia, I, I think he's one of the most important players in the class. I mean, right there with Nico <laughs> because, you know, Prince and Fant and Warren have done their jobs. They've been good players they have not been dominant players for Tennessee. And Ethan Davis has the athleticism, has the size. I feel like to possibly, you know, probably not going to be Kyle Pitts over at Florida, but to be someone that hooker, fill in the blank on any quarterback, obviously Nico coming in the same class with him, can develop a relationship and really be a threat on offense. Because it feels like it's been a while since Tennessee has had that very dominant tight end. Jason Witten. Yeah, I know. That's that's the last yeah. one I can think of. I, I was going to bring him up, Jason Witten. I mean,
1: Jason
2: Ethan Wolf, I'm, uh, at at a time was, was pretty good, good but but, uh, but not cheers. dominant, not dominant by any means. So I, I feel like Ethan Davis could definitely be a guy that could, you know, I guess up, uphold that mantle. Maybe it's an Ethan thing. I don't know. Good name. Good name.
1: Oh, Ethan. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, I, the Helms kid would have been really good, but he transferred to Duke mm. after uh, Butch called him a no good bleepity bleep bleepity bleep bleepity bleep,
1: and, and brick by brick. It's it's yeah.
2: nice also that Tennessee is obviously progressing in that area because Fant and Warren have been very serviceable. They've I think they're going to take a step both of them this next year. So to see that going up and to see. Uh, I guess positive outcomes coming from what has been a position of very very much weakness for Tennessee in, in past years. That's nice to see and, and this okay. commitment just adds to that.
3: I'm not gonna name the coach or the family, but I did I tell you how to family call me one time the dad say, "Hey, I just want to tell you this coach is abusive and he has a ten dollar haircut. But this coach is abusive, and um, I want you to know and it be on record in case my son gets a felony because my son is deeply deeply religious and if, if he gets pushed or called this particular name which i'm not going to repeat he may lose his temper and punch him out i'm not endorsing that he should do that but i just want you to know that so that you can at least say beforehand there was something that led up to it now it turns out that didn't happen the kid's eligibility ran out everything's fine but um it was that bad over there, guys. I mean, I, for those for those listening that are true Tennessee fans, you are in a, a world of goodness right now compared to where you've been. Between yeah. overall stupidity, lack of integrity, lack of caring about individuals, you've been in a bad place for a decade. Not and, just the
2: football team either. Uh, uh, all all yeah. across. So
3: I'll let you keep cooking, but yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and Ethan, I've shared – I mean, you and I have been working together for well, right out of a month now, some pre work we did for the site. But I've shared a couple of stories. That's about probably three or four out of a hundred. I mean, they were in bad, bad shape. Mm-hmm. And I will say this w- w- with my hand up on a Bible or on my kids' eyes, however you want to say it.
1: Kids' eyes.
3: I You never heard that? I bet on my kids' no. eyeballs. Okay. No. Right, oh my I gosh. No. But what? I. I and I'm not betting on them, but I would say this: with all the three previous coaches, within two months at the most, one was two days. I heard something incredibly bad about them, and I didn't think that they would work. That was when that was in the off season. I have not heard one bad thing, not one bad thing, from the sources that I have at Tennessee about Josh well, Heupel. Well, no, I mean. Off the record, he did this stuff. No,
1: I know. But that's the thing I think a lot of people don't understand. The louder the coaches, I feel like the more that they cover up. And not saying when they're provoked, but when they're, you know, just talking trash or or when they're doing stupid slogans like brick by brick and stupid, <laughs> stupid things like that. I feel like the more that people do that, the more they're not really, they're salespeople. They're not really, you know good for for your program they're just selling themselves
3: Mm. and i think there's a
1: lot that they cover up there
3: the call i got about one was fantastic said that a coach was in his office heard somebody working outside his office went outside and said that's a loud and he said i'm sorry i can come back and do it later and he goes well you're not doing it right i'll just spackle this area myself and told the guy to leave and did the (laughs) spackling instead of i don't know evaluating (laughs) prospects do you, do you all want to guess if that's uh, bad hair, no hair, or great hair? Which coach that brick was? Brick by brick. I'm not going to say. Nate yeah. Spillman, three-star receiver <laughs> out of Lipsum Academy. Again, not highly touted. I think you're going to see a lot of guys like this, Ethan, that are going to uh, sign on to Tennessee, and, and Tennessee's going to have their elite couple maybe every year is the goal. But a lot of these guys that are going to fill in, and sure enough, sure enough, one will surprise us and be an all SEC top of player.
2: Absolutely. I mean, Tennessee's obviously going to be going for guys. We've It seems like we've talked about them every day with Benson, Mazzell. I, I won't even get into them because you guys have heard me spiel about them. I mean, let's focus on Spillman, three-star guy. You automatically think, oh, he's just three stars. He's not going to do anything. I present Cedric Tillman, a two-star yeah. athlete at a high school, uh, the same one that Tennessee just picked up Will Stallings from. And, I mean – two stars and look what he is right now and look what he's going to be this season. It's, I mean, he's, he's going to be a fantastic player obviously this season he would have gotten drafted this year if he had went and he's just going to keep raising that stock. So for guys like Spillman, that's, that's who I'd I'd look to. I'd say if Tillman was even lower than I was, then I'm going to be even better than he was. And you never know if it's going to work out for, for obviously for Nate Spillman. But I, I, I would say, now more than ever, the odds are more in your
3: favor to do something uh, incredible at Tennessee. Uh, Agree, Aiden Bustle, three-star offensive lineman. Again, one of those guys that you take as you're a growing program. Would, would you like a guy a little bit highly regarded, and anywhere guy? Yeah, probably. But, you know, he's an in-state guy. And Tennessee needs, needs desperately to continue to grow those recruiting ties into nashville nashville is mm-hmm. the next atlanta that they, they, i mean it just by the way i was running analytics uh other than knoxville do you guys care to guess where most of our traffic is coming from i mean i would guess chattanooga no nashville
1: nashville my whole family lives there just FYI
3: third is uh new york city New york. Interesting. interesting what uh oh, um, there's a lot of people in new york so <laughs> yeah i, know I heard Tennessee go. fans apparently uh trevor duncan forced I, I i'm checking all these because we're going to do like uh tour stops and visit with different <laughs> fan bases I, i'm not even joking as long as we can stay at their home all for right. free trevor <laughs> duncan four stars uh, i think i mentioned duncan already but all in all um i would say that uh tennessee and we didn't even mention nico kind of by design at the end, because yeah. everybody talks about him and they should. Nico Amilava. I, I got it that time.
1: Amilaba.
3: No, it's close. I said Okay. Anyway. Nico. <laughs> um, so what else would Tennessee like to get out of this class? Do you think uh Ethan? I would just continue the theme of generality and that is just more more standout defensive players I was
2: kind of gonna go the opposite but you're right I mean you obviously need very good uh, defensive players I mean Caleb Herring is the premier one as of right now I if I'm not mistaken I don't think there's a linebacker in this class as of right now and that's that's not a good thing. Tennessee needs to add a linebacker that you know will be able to be the future of the leader of the defense. And I, but I was gonna say, just keep adding to those skill positions because obviously you've got Nico, but and you got Ethan Davis. You got to have guys to throw to. And I know I just had my spiel about Nate Spillman. It would be nice to get some insurance in that regard. Obviously, we talked about Jeremiah Cobb <clears throat> a little bit earlier. Just got Will Stallings need to be adding running backs, wide receivers, really good talent players that can keep this high-powered offense moving because ultimately, if the offense doesn't chug, then the entire system is going to go down. you got to make Talk. sure,
1: though, you build the O-line. You have oh, to make yeah. sure you keep that going. Protect Nico at all costs. Like
2: Absolutely. I mean, you, you, need, you need everything. As of you, right now, I believe Tennessee yes. has two offensive linemen in this class as of right now. I mean, you need a little bit of everything. You can't just stack on wide receivers. Obviously, uh, as of right now, they need they need a linebacker. They need a guy that can, you know, be in the middle and and just be that guy. Uh, Jalen Smith could be that dude. July 10th, I believe he's committing. Um, but you got to just keep adding to that. Get good linebackers. Get more corners for heaven's sake. Uh, you can say it about every every position pretty much.
3: Talking Kruten, brought to you by Zool Beer Company today. And Amanda, it's always a great place to hang out there at Zool Beer Company. I love the panoramic views and the craft beers are worldwide award winning. It's pretty strong.
1: Yes, it's very strong. Rhymes Like Dimes Um, won the World Beer Cup gold in that. I, I know I mentioned that all the time, but I think it's the coolest thing. But today we have a sour coming out called Neon Distractions, and it is so good. Like it is, it is one of the best I think we've ever done. I mean, it is really good. Really good.
3: Yeah. Good, good stuff. And um, it's late, but I want to see, uh, let's go ahead and pin it to the the Twitter page and see where people end up. Did you have a poll question for us today, uh, Ethan? What no, do you I'm have?
2: I'm happy you brought that up. So just. Yeah, the, I'm
3: trying to get better. I am kind of a, I'm kind of a left brain type of guy as Amanda knows. Just Amanda. From- our conversations with Amanda on production work <clears throat> usually go something like this. Um, can you just do this? Amanda, I don't want uh, to do that. Oh, gosh, just let me do it. Yeah. So, sorry. <laughs> it. So, Ethan, uh, what do you got on the poll question today?
2: So, from a fan's perspective, which position in football do you think is the hardest of these four choices? And I said cornerback, quarterback, left tackle, and center. The linebacker hardest,
1: needs to be in there. The hardest.
2: I would say those four are harder than linebacker, but that was tough. because linebacker. No.
1: I mean, what center and le- left yet? tackle
2: is one of the hardest, and I mean, center is insanely important. I, I mean, you could suck. We have two yeah, offensive but, linemen, so you can put middle linebacker instead of, I don't know, I'd say center. Yes. I'd say left tackle is harder than center. but.
1: Yes, think, because that's the quarterback of the defense. You've got to put the linebacker in there.
2: That Center's dude. pretty hard.
1: <laughs> yeah, but he reads the entire offense, like, and and calls and calls yeah. like defensive switches in the backfield. Like, you have to put a linebacker in there.
2: Yeah, and so, no, I would uh, I would put it as fifth most and most hardest or hardest. No, <laughs> that's that's just me. But no. oh, what do you think? So, Abe?
3: so re- repeat the question one more time, just so I make sure I got it. Which position in football
2: do you think is the hardest to play? And not most important, hardest between cornerback, quarterback, um, left tackle, and either center or linebacker.
3: Okay, uh, c- can I can I tweak that just a little bit? That's sure. Striking. Just a slight tweak. So, what if just a? I mean, a little bitty tweak. So, what mm-hmm. if if. Uh, after the pat summit thing yesterday we did would pat summit win eight championships if he she started her career today as a lady ball that's just a slot
1: tweak that's a small slight tweet. tweak yeah you know <laughs> just small. completely changed the question <laughs>
3: let's 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 go let's go with yours let's go with yours uh <laughs> we I, could do that tomorrow yeah because we're gonna have debbie jennings on to talk about the premiere of of the the '98 (laughs) documentary. So, yeah, that was was a slight tweak. You have
2: to remember that, though. you remember it for tomorrow.
3: I will remember it. Uh, And uh, this day in sports slash Tennessee history is uh, brought to you by our friends at Craft Treats. Craft Treats has chill pills, full-spectrum CBD treat. So it contains minor cannabinoids that increase the benefits of CBD, whether it's car riding anxiety, whether it is a storm anxiety, whether it's some aches and pains from being an older dog, go to crafttreats.com. That's crafttreats.com, and they will certainly make you and your pet happier. So, Ethan, this day in sports-slash-Vols history, anything exciting happen? Not for the Vols. Uh,
2: kind of like I've said, there's just nothing really happening, Tennessee-wise. I did find pretty interesting, 1994 – um, on this day ken griffey broke babe ruth's record for the most home runs by the end of june i think that's pretty cool
3: wow yeah and that's, that's a guy cool. well and that's a guy that was never accused of steroids and that's and, and that's not a lot li- and that's not the live ball era mm. um yeah they're phenomenal player Griffey Junior is one of my favorites.
2: That's talk about probably the best swing in baseball. I'd say at least at least up there.
3: Yeah, not a great conversationalist, but a great player. Yeah, um, he did not want to be bugged at the event that I was at, where his son was a football prospect running around. So we just let that go. Um, but you had to try, right? It's Ken Griffey mm. Junior. Gotta his yeah. and the the way he played is the way, Amanda, we want all of our athletes to play. We want them to give 110% and say, body be damned, I'm going to win for the team. But ultimately, the way he played did beat up his body, and it's why we don't talk about him being one of the greatest players, at least in my opinion, in the history of the game. His body just broke down because he would run full speed into the center field fence. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, because it was all it was all about the team. It was all about you know the sport. Unlike Brooks Kepka.
3: we're gonna talk about Brooks Kepka tomorrow. That guy loves him some blood oil money.
1: Have a fantastic day, Brooks.
3: Yeah, and uh, his uh, well, and his body's breaking down too. I'm not even sure that that's a big pickup by the live tour but we're going to talk about that some tomorrow i i want to remind you that you have got to go to youtube and subscribe and you will be able to get sneak peeks of the content that we have set your notification on uh, twitter facebook spotify apple wherever you get your podcast and you'll have the latest so we've already got something with uh, jacob warren up today coming up later We'll have Chalk Talk brought to you by Craft Treats with Chris Landry, a really cool breakdown of some junior college players like Alvin Kamara that have gone on and been very, very successful. We'll also have John Adams up there. So if you go to the YouTube page and subscribe, then you'll be able to get those sneak peeks for Amanda and Ethan. I'm Dave Hooker. Have a fantastic day, everyone. We will talk to you